Hey guys, before we go into our usual episode, we just wanted to play a short little snippet from one of our favorite podcasts, The Paranormal Tea. Take it away, Beth. Hello, dead curious listeners. This is Beth from Paranormal Tea, here to give you a quick snippet of our Ghost Stories podcast. Hope you enjoy. The one thing that is certain in all of it is that anyone of a certain age will remember hearing the tale and knowing full well when it was time to get home before dark, or the green lady will get you. 21 year old Belina Pryor, daughter of the late military commander of a mark, was charged with the murder of four year old Anne Slavin from Callan Street in 1888. According to court records, the young Miss Pryor had been accused of willfully drowning the infant in a kitchen boiler without any motive being apparent. Her defence argued that the child had lost her balance on a tin can next to the boiler and that Pryor had lost her presence of mind at not being able to save the child's life and falsely accused herself of murder. Adele Pryor, Belina's older sister, stated that her sister and the child had only been alone for 15 minutes when Belina appeared, white as a ghost and soaking wet, at first saying, Run down, I did not do it! Later changing her claim to, I've killed the child. Reverend Benjamin Wade, who was employed as a librarian in the area, questioned the accused. On the afternoon of the tragedy in the parlour of the house, he told the court that he had asked her, What is it you've done? She replied, I'll give you no answer. He asked her again and she said, I will not answer a word. He then pressed her, Now don't you know you've deprived a poor child of its life and what the consequences might be? Pryor just replied, Well, I'm sure I will be hanged and I'll be glad of it. While being held in prison, she attempted to commit suicide by cutting her own throat and was subsequently moved to a lunatic asylum. The jury found her guilty of the murder, but declared her sane. The legend of the Green Lady, as we began, has been widely retold. There were tales that Belina's spirit was captured in a green bottle, hence the Green Lady, and she would once again escape if her bottle was broken. There were stories that the bottle was bricked up in the house at Vickers Hill. And welcome to another episode of Dead Curious. We are your sister hosts. I am Roxanne. And I'm Jessica. What? what? So how have you been? Um, I'm like, okay. <laughs> how have you been? Oh, fine. I'm fine. But you, you mentioned to me a while ago that um, the activity in your house has has sort of spiked recently. Do you think it's because of the episode we did? When did it spike? You said there was some stuff. Oh, you sent me those photos with um, the cat staring at your cupboard. And you said... Oh, yeah. There was and then there was that, that, like... There was that, like, <clears throat> sound. 
Yes, yeah. What happened there? So, well, um, okay. So the cat staring at things is just something that happens like all the time anyway. Um, and that's like, so mom and I both heard like a, um, I don't even know how to explain it. it. Like it literally, it was like, like that. And it woke mom up. Oh, and wow. I, so it was pretty loud. It was really loud. It literally sounded like it was inside my bedroom. And mom was like looking around outside the windows because it, I mean, it sounded like it was either inside the house or like outside one of the, the windows or something. Oh. Um, but we couldn't see anything. And when I did laundry the next day, like I inspected the outside area just to like see maybe if someone was like walking around in the yard or whatever. Um, but there was nothing. But um, one thing that I did think it was, one thing that I did think it could have been was one of the dogs next door. Um, because, you know, the neighbors that like smoke a lot. So one of their dogs has emphysema. Yeah. Um, I thought that one died. No, no, that one's still alive. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, we figured out that it was that dog because when mom was outside, she heard the sound again and it was that dog. Oh, okay. All right. Because that was kind of creepy. That was. Okay. But so... I mean, like, it's the same as with all of my, all of my haunting stories in this house. Like I asked mom if she heard it and then mom looked around and I just like kind of went back to playing Candy Crush. And then I went to bed. <laughs> Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah, I was playing Candy uh, Crush. I have friends who message me and they're like, how the hell is your sister going to sleep after things literally like poke her at night in bed? Yeah. Um, I have no answers for your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite strange as well, but you know, it's priorities. <laughs> priorities. I prioritize sleep over yeah. panic. <laughs> yeah, sleep now, panic later. Exactly, exactly. All right, and it's time for news. So Poland has joined the Curious Clan. Welcome, Poland. <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> I saw that this morning. Oh, is it? Oh, good. And then um, we are, just a reminder, we are still running that Instagram competition. So if you go to our competition post, You'll see it says, you know, win is written all over it and stuff. And I'm doing a couple of posts every now and then. So go to any one of the competition posts. And then in the comments, tell us what your favorite story or episode is. And tag a friend who likes spooky things or podcasts. And you stand a chance of winning a custom doodle in the style of the dead curious drawings. And you can use this uh, drawing for anything. You could use it as a tattoo. You could use it as um, a postcard. You can get it printed. Um, we will send you a hard copy as well as a digital. So you can frame it. You know, you can um, have it made for a friend. I'm going on and on and on now. There's so many things you can do with it. So, and, and, she, and if you tell us what you want drawn, we'll do it for you. It can be literally anything. It can be the creepiest thing you've ever thought of in your life. It could be something really nice. It could be a fairy, an angel, a strawberry, anything. 
It could be a headless person if you want. It, it could be it could be a headless person if you a so portrait, wish. Portrait of a headless person will just be the shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so guys, please go down to our Instagram. Um, in the description of this episode, you will see a link to our website. You can find all of the delicious stuff, dead curious stuff on there, including our Instagram, our Facebook, our Patreon. Everything is there, including a nifty little place where you can leave a message or submit a spooky story if you want it read on an episode like this. Oh, yes. I don't know if I mentioned it before. Probably not. Today we're doing first-hand encounters. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to read our listener stories today. Yeah, these not, are these. It's not our first-hand encounters. It's your first-hand encounters. It's our favorite episodes to do. That is true. Um, but before we go to those juicy stories, Jessica, I have a little bit of exciting news. I've been one, I've been sitting on this this news the whole weekend, but you just kept on not feeling well and having headaches. So I'm sorry. To push. No, I'm not blaming you. I'm, I'm just sorry saying. that my body is not happy with me right now. I've just been so excited to tell you this. Anyway. The podcast Killin' Missin' Hidden has asked us to share a short story to be featured in one of the episodes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, guys, stay tuned for that. We will share that when it is um, out and about. And, yeah, I've asked him to also do the same for us and send through a little, a little feature story to add to one of our ep- upcoming episodes. This is, like, so exciting. Also, like, uh. you know um, Cape Town Paranormal Investigation? Those guys I spoke about in the mm-hmm. Glen Karen, I think our third episode or fourth episode, Glen Karen Hotel? Mm-hmm. Um, that, the, a guy on the investigation team actually reached out to me and sent me, like, a little sneak peek of one of the um, things they're planning. Um, it looks like oh, they're actually going to have I know. So no, he he contacted me and he was like, if we're ever in Cape Town, we must just let him know and he'll take us on an investigation. (laughs) I know this is so exciting. When can we go to Cape Town? I don't know if I'll actually do it, but you can. (laughs) Um Hey, um, <laughs> the reason why I am doing a podcast is because I want to talk about it. I don't want to go talk to it. Gonna, I'll, 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 like, observe. I'm not going to be asking any questions or anything like that. I just want to, like, man, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> so How anyway. are you going to tell me this news and then expect me to go on my own? I mean, hello? <laughs> No, I don't expect you to go on your own. Look, I'll probably take him up on his offer. So I just exciting. It's just a dumb thing to do. <laughs> Agreed. But it's a dumb, exciting thing to do. We can, we can be dumb <laughs> together. So, yes, yeah. there, there are a lot of um, really exciting things happening to, to Dead Curious. And uh, we'd just like to thank you guys for coming along for the ride. Yes. So... Let us get down to it. Jessica, I'm tired of talking. Can you start us off? Absolutely. 
I have got a story from Hester. When I was five years old, I had a premonition. I was sleeping in my room and woke up by the smell of a cigarette. My dad was standing against the wall with his one foot on the wall and he held his cigarette between his thumb and index finger. He was dressed in his army uniform. I can still remember every detail like it happened yesterday. He told me that he is going away and that I must take care of my mom and brother and sisters. Why would he ask a five-year-old that? Anyway, I remember feeling so sad and I asked him, why does he have to go and is he coming back? And he replied, no, sweetheart, but we will meet again one day. I started crying and begged him not to go. And when I looked up, he was gone. The next moment, both my dad and mom came into my room dressed in their pajamas as it was the middle of the night. I was hysterical and asked him why he's leaving us and where's his uniform. He told me that I had a bad dream and took me to their bed to sleep with them. That night, I cried myself to sleep. And a week or so later, my dad went to the shop on a bike and collided with a truck. He died a few days later. That's hectically sad. That's so hectic. This uh, premonition story. Yeah. There are so many people who can, um, that can actually, that have experienced premonitions. And um, I I get a lot of that deja vu thing where, mm-hmm. like, I realize I've dreamt something, like I've dreamt a scenario before. And I always, I always get scared. I always get like kind of um, creeped out. So then I purposefully do the opposite of what I remember happening because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to find out um, how accurate my prediction was. Uh, that's But, but um, sorry, you said this lady's name's Hester. Mm-hmm. I think what's, what's so sad with Hester's, um, I chatted her on Facebook and she said that this isn't the first she's had other premonitions before Mm -hmm. this was the first but like since then she's had quite a few and I don't know like I think I'm not saying that she can control it that it's like Mm -hmm. something she wanted but it's like would you want to know if you like when you or someone you love were gonna pass like do you want that time to be able to say goodbye or do you want to live in peaceful ignorance I mean, that's also like one of the terrifying things about premonitions and things like that, um, especially if they're in a dream while you're asleep, is like, how how do you know it's a real premonition or just a normal dream? Because like, I've mm-hmm. dreamt of family members dying before, but that yeah. doesn't mean that it's, you know, it's going to happen. So how yeah. do you know that it is going to happen? And like, even if someone says, yes, I'd like to know. How do you know that that exact dream is a premonition dream and not just like a normal one? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. That's like, ah, man, just premonitions in general are a a scary thing for me because it's like, why are you given that information? What are you supposed to do with that? You know, Mm, like, are you supposed to change it? Are you supposed to prepare for it? Like, what is Mm. it? Because in my opinion, like, Okay, let's say, for example, you get this premonition and you could save someone's life. At that moment, a person is 
in my opinion, in that at that moment, a person is supposed to die. So if you save that someone, wouldn't you then be putting someone else in the path of death that was not supposed to die at that point in time? Oh, so you believe that's sort of like a, a balance? Yeah. That if you save one person, the balance has been shifted? Yeah. So like if that person died at that time, maybe sometime later on in that day, someone else is living but because this person didn't die a certain chain of events didn't happen that causes someone else to die instead Mm. and it's like if you are given the opportunity to to change your premonition i feel like if i was given the power to change something in a premonition like i feel like who who am i to make that decision you know Mm. who am i to decide who gets to live or who am I to decide what should be done? Sure. Okay. Hectic, <laughs> Jessica. Wow. Right. Um, I think <laughs> I just my brain got up. to rest. So now I'm like <laughs> overthinking everything. <laughs> I think what freaks me out is like mom's experience with premonitions. Oh. She hasn't written her stuff. She hasn't emailed me her stories and things yet. Like mother... Mother, dearest, mother, listen to me right now. Please send through send through your stories. We love you, but we treat everyone on this podcast equally, mother or not. You need to email it to us, Mm mum. Just chatting outside our front gate isn't gonna cut it because I won't remember anyway. Right? She keeps on telling me this like crazy interesting stuff that she's never told us before. As I'm reversing out of your driveway, I'm like, what? Right? <laughs> There's a better time to do this, mother. Because, <laughs> like, I, I, I want to say, okay, keep going, because I really want to hear the story. It's the first mm. time I'm hearing this new interesting ghost story that's terrifying. But also stop talking about it, because I want to be surprised when I read it to our listeners. <laughs> I think that's what people don't understand, is that um, we still get ex- – we still get – excited and surprised by the stuff that we read so yeah you know we still want to be able to experience that anyway let's experience the next story yes so mine is from katrina who actually sent us a story before Mm -hmm. thank you katrina for sending in such awesomely creepy stories anyway so here is her second story a few years ago, my husband, two children, and I moved into a house in Peter Maritzburg. This house has a room where I guess a garage once stood, but it was converted into an extra bedroom. We called this the secret room because you didn't see it until you were in the entrance. My girls, aged three and six at the time, loved the room and were always playing in there. Not long after we moved in, my girls were playing in there while I unpacked the kitchen nearby. I heard my six-year-old saying Livy a lot, so I went to ask her about it. As soon as I walked into the room, it felt like the air chilled by at least 20 degrees, and there were goosebumps all over my body. Both my girls were facing the corner of the room with their backs to me. Long story short, after some investigating, I found out that they were talking to the ghost of a six-year-old girl named Olivia who had died in the early 1900s after her and her mother were burned alive in the house. Oh, yep. 
Oh, uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she didn't say how she found this out. So, yeah, Katrina, let us know how you found that out. That is um, quite intense. Where are you? All I hear are dogs. <sighs> it's, uh, yeah. Aren't it's you the in your cupboard? No, I'm, I'm actually on my work computer tonight because my laptop is dead and the light in my cupboard has blown, so it's really <laughs> dark in there. So your recording studio is down. Yeah. Anyway, so that is the story of Katrina and Livy, the little girl ghost. Well, they don't live wonder- there anymore. I wonder, like, why, why were they, why were they burned? Did you say they were burned alive? In they the were house? burned alive. Yeah. Why? Like, I wonder, was it I like know. because of a? <laughs> uh, I need to know what? more. Was it because of like a? I don't know. They were trapped in a burning house, or did someone like a the way murder type says, of thing? Exactly. Was the way it because she says, they were witches. <laughs> Well, if they were witches, they wouldn't have been burned at the house. They would have been taken to, like, the gallows or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, I the first thing that came to my mind when I read this was, like, okay, how, where, what, why? Like, give me more. <laughs> yeah, was this it, – it, I mean, if you're going to say burned alive, it, it, it either means murder or that maybe the house – Maybe quarter light. Hmm. Katrina, you have to tell us more. Please update. <laughs> <laughs> update. All right. So let's go. Uh, let's go ahead and look at the next story. Yeah. All right. So my next one is from Abby, and it says, "My story began when we were living on a farm, and life was great there." I was seven or eight years old, and I lived with my stepdad and my mum. Some nights I would wake up from a nightmare and hear strange noises of someone knocking on the door. When I looked, there was nothing. I ran to my mother's room and slept there almost every night. My mother saw scratches on the curtains, like that of a cat's, but we didn't have a cat in the house. A few weeks went on, and one night we went to our bedrooms. I heard the sound of someone ticking the lights on and off. I wasn't sure what it was until the morning when we found out that our neighbors were attacked by demons. We went to a Sangoma and she told us that someone cursed the house and that there was a demon living with us. We still live here on the farm. I sometimes hear noises and cupboards closing, but I'm not scared. Good for you, Abby. Good for you. Don't be afraid. Wow, Abby. But also don't live there, but don't be afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be afraid. They feed off fear. But yeah, I think if it were me, I would move. If it were if it were me, I'd I'd probably be like Abby. (laughs) (laughs) I mean we've we've lived on a haunted or something farm before. (sighs) Which is Another story, mm-hmm. another episode, another time. Yeah. But I didn't enjoy my experience. Oh, no, definitely not. Uh, I wonder why someone would have cursed the land. 
don't know. Maybe maybe they owned the land before and there was like some I don't know, like feud between people and then um, property you know? feud. Could be. Yeah, yeah. Could be. I don't know, like I don't know what else it because there's no there's no like time period for when exactly it was cursed. Mm. So we we can't know the reason until yeah. we know the date. Or we can't speculate a reason until we know the date. Mm. But I think the most common explanation is property feuds. Could be. I mean, the only time I've ever heard of cursed land is like in those American burial stories. grounds. Burial grounds, yeah, pet cemetery style, you know. Mm. Yeah. But thank you, Abby, for letting us share your story. Yes. And please consider moving. (laughs) Please consider moving, yeah. Okay, my turn. So, my story is by somebody who decided to use an alias, Queen Mm. Lilith of Hell. Oh, (laughs) And Her Majesty's story is as follows. A few days before Halloween... In 2017, my father, stepmother, brother, and I were on our way to River Sondereind, back home to our house in the mountains in Gnadendal. What I saw that night, I would have never expected to see in my entire life. We were all driving down an old familiar dirt road in my dad's Land Rover. The window on my side, which was on the right, didn't roll up on its own anymore. Anyway... We drove down the gravel road that night, something to 11, almost midnight, and it was full moon. And about seven minutes into the drive, bearing in mind that there were no lights because we were on a gravel road, I asked my dad to stop so that we could watch the moon. It was so beautiful. The moon was lighting up the mountainous landscape. We stopped in the middle of the road and my dad switched off the car. My stepmother jokingly said, Kijk daar man, jylle bring die spoke. Which is Afrikaans for, Look over there guys, you're bringing the spirits. We all laughed and thought, Huh, nice joke, right? Wrong. I looked in the distance and in the moonlight I could see the figure of what appeared to be a woman. What was odd about this woman was that she didn't have a skin colour. Everything on her was just chalk white everything. I freaked the hell out and told my dad to switch on the car and drive because there was someone standing in the middle of the road. Keep in mind, it was almost midnight and there were no entry gates or any farmlands nearby for at least another four kilometers. My dad laughed and slowly turned the car on. My window was rolled down and scared as I was, I was trying to roll my window up and realized I had to physically pull it up with my hands to get it all the way up. As I struggled to get the window back up to avoid being confronted with this thing, we slowly drove right past it. What scared the living daylights out of me was that I was staring at this really extremely old, pale, chalk-white woman wearing a white dress with white, stringy hair staring back at me directly into my eyes. As we passed her, I looked back through the back window behind the car, and she was gone. She just vanished. It suddenly occurred to me that I'd come face to face with an actual spirit, a ghost, 
an apparition. I remember the wrinkles on her face and her cold eyes and how she stared at me sadly, pale as well, quite literally a ghost. I will never forget that night. Yeah. I can actually like, I can see this old lady in my head and it's like so Me too. (laughs) I mean, we, we stayed on, we stayed on a farm, so we drove up and down dirt roads and I mean, I got like such a fright whenever there was a white cow in the road. Can you imagine like seeing some like apparently extremely old, old, pale, chalk white woman (laughs) in um, Queen Lilith from Hull's uh, story? Sure. That is just, yeah, I got, first of all, your highness, what a description. Yes. Like I have, I have a very, very clear mental image of. Well, I mean, obviously, what I think the woman would look like—it's probably very different than what she saw. But like, damn, that was a good description. Mm, very well told story. Very well told. I just keep replaying, like in my mind, I keep replaying the car driving past her while she's trying to roll the window up, and why the woman staring in. Ugh, why ugh. didn't the dad drive in the? opposite direction why didn't the dad drive faster <laughs> no because i'm like if dad if our dad did this i would have been screaming in the car i would have gone ballistic mom probably would have offered her a lift i would have probably <laughs> ridden over her oh, no in well. honesty i mean like my survival instinct is someone's breaking into the house. I want to pour boiling water on them. If mm-hmm. somebody is chasing me or something, we're outside. My first instinct is to find a car and ride them over. Mm. <laughs> Let's really hope there's never like a hit or run case in my future because then this is such strong evidence against me. <laughs> it's not manslaughter. It's homicide. If it happens only, that's only if it happens at night and you're, all on your own so if if there's a hit and run in a in um an abandoned area that's not the word i'm looking for what do you call an area that's empty of people ghost town abandoned a uh uh, whatever just just let's just desolate desolate a desolate stretch of road if someone's knocked over on a desolate stretch of road then you'll probably be the first suspect. Mm. So let's hope that doesn't happen. In fact, let's just edit all of this out so nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, let's edit all of it out. I'm so sure that I'm going to listen to your edits and you're going to have left all of this in. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> just like all the F-bombs. Every yeah, single yeah. time I have to go back and take out the F-bombs because you leave them in. Well, that's funny. Anywho, do you, I have one more story left. Do you have another story? Actually, don't, no. Don't you? No. Yeah, let me take a sip of water, because I have one last story, and it's a creeper. Oh, I love it. Okay. So, this story was submitted by Jax. Oh! <gasps> Jax! For those of you who are new to the podcast, Jax is my husband, and he's had quite a few supernatural encounters. 
And this one that I'm telling tonight is one of my favorite, one of my favorite stories. Okay, so Jack's story is as follows. In the small town we grew up in, there was no shortage of the supernatural. Most things were walking distance away, but even so, kids always took advantage of the little trails along the riverbed or shortcuts through various little swamps and valleys. My friend Joe and I grew up largely unsupervised, and as such, it wasn't unusual for us to be found wandering the streets during a late-night-turned-early-morning chat. What was unusual was when one night I got the distinct feeling that we were being followed. I turned to Joe without a word, and he looked at me and said, I know. I didn't say much after that. Keeping an open mind, assuming it was a prankster, and an open eye in case it was an opportunistic criminal, we continued towards my flat on the other side of town. In an attempt to shake the person following us, we decided to take a shortcut through a popular path through a small valley that ran partway into the town. It must be stated, though, that this was largely popular during the day only. How the valley was formed, the town lights never reached it at night, even though it essentially seemed to stretch well into the town. And it was a sharp drop along the ridge to the river below. But we grew up in this town. It was our home, and nothing could make us feel unwelcome here. But we were wrong. As we neared the valley, we signaled to each other that the person was getting closer. We kept an eye on the street behind us and listened for footsteps, but nothing. If I were alone, I would have written it off as just my imagination and the result of an unnerving lack of crickets that would usually screech that time of night. The moment we stepped into the valley, we immediately felt the presence disappear. Halfway through, we decided to stop and look around. Seeing nothing, we assumed the person must have stopped following us. We continued through the valley, wondering what or who it could have been. But with no proof, we dismissed it. It was then that Joe looked back and stopped. I looked in the direction of his gaze and saw the figure standing at the edge of the valley behind us. Okay, we thought. So we weren't crazy. And then we couldn't see it anymore. The air turned thick and it was difficult to breathe, like the air was somehow getting stuck in our throats. There was a sudden proximity about it. It felt like it was right there, running its freezing clawed finger up your back. We immediately knew what it was. Our families had had some experience with them in the past. I felt my body move towards the valley, which strangely resembled a pitch black lake. I felt the fear turn into terror and then to the predictable rage, a characteristic flaw during my teen years. No doubt that was exactly what it aimed to exploit. It seemed it either couldn't pass the threshold of the valley, or it was trying to lure me out of it. Either way, it was in my head, and I was stumbling forward, swirling in a mixture of hatred and horror. I could hear Joe's voice calling me back, but it sounded so far away, almost as if he wasn't real. Then I saw it, but not in front of me and not inside of me, but like it were face to face with a spiderweb-thin curtain between us. Then the veil, as some call it, 
felt like it was slowly being torn by the sharp claws from before. It's hard to describe what you can't see with your eyes, but its sickly grin stuck with us ever since that day. A long, thin smile revealing razor-sharp teeth below yellow, gloating eyes. I still remember the feeling of despair, mania, and hopelessness. I would later learn to recognize this as a warning beacon. Joe pulled me back just before I stepped back into the valley. I tried to shake him off, yelling at him to let me go, but he fought to restrain me, shouting, It's a trap. You're going to die. The further he dragged me from the valley, the clearer my thoughts became. When we were eventually far away enough, I realized Joe was right. There was a sudden, chilling certainty about it. If I stepped back into that valley, I would have never come back out again. Well, damn, Jax. Uh-huh. And that is the story of the demon in the valley. Mm-hmm. My, like, I, I, why has he never mentioned this before? That's the thing. He has mentioned it. He's mentioned it a few times. Um, but he never like goes into detail. Like he just told me that one day he was followed by it, and that's it. And then the next time he mentioned it, he was like, "Oh no!" But it was like in the valley, and like they could actually like feel it, and that they actually saw it. I'm like, "What? You never saw like?" He didn't put in here what this thing looked like, but apparently it had horns. Ugh. Like when they saw it before it disappeared. Yeah. Like apparently it was like this really tall thing, like hunched ho- over, and it had horns. Disgusting. Mm. If I had a story like this, I would be so. I I just want to tell everyone all the details. <laughs> well, how can you just like casually in everyday conversation just like mention little bits and pieces, and then one day your wife forces you to write it down, and then here you have like this brilliant freaking story, which is. Very well written, by the way. Congratulations, Jack. That is a work of art. <laughs> I'm I'm frustrated with him right now because this is a brilliant story, um, a brilliant Jack's, encounter. He actually kind of reminds me of you, though. Like you guys oh, are so used to things that it's sort True. of you kind of have a very nonchalant approach to it. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I had that happen before. I guess that's true. Mm. I mean, the only reason why he even told me about this was because I was like, oh, imagine seeing something this like this. And he's like, I have. <laughs> oh, my freaking frack. <laughs> freaking frack. <sighs> no, but um, the town that Jax grew up in, because it was a small town, um, kids got bored and a lot of them got into like, you know, the like Ouija's. witchcraft and the Ouija's and... Um, there's, there's quite a few rumors of cult activity Mm. and, uh, I actually do want to do an episode one day uh, on it because there was like this cult, I don't know what you'd call it. There was like this cult activity boom, um, in the world and in South Africa, especially during like the seventies or the eighties, which was just before Jack's, um, just before this, um, like, yeah, a couple years, a decade or so before the story. So, was that the um, satanic panic thing? Yes, satanic panic. Yeah, so this was um, quite a bit after that satanic panic. So, 
there's a lot of residual stuff, you know, that still sort of lurks around that town. Mm. And uh, pretty much all of the stories that he has has to do with this town. So <gasps> does he have more? Does um, he have yeah. very he many s- more? I, I'm not sure how many more, but he has sent me another story that I'm saving for another time. Oh, yes. <laughs> Looking mm-hmm. forward to that. And I read. That's terrifying. Uh-huh. I can't believe I know someone who's had that encounter. Like, oh, my mind is blown. I mean, you have these sort of encounters all the time in your house. Or you mean never... specifically a demon? Well, I mean, like, I've never seen anything. Thank goodness. I've never physically seen something. Uh-huh. But like, ugh. I feel like that's that's worse than the stuff I've encountered. I don't know. I think, or maybe I'm just desensitized to my own stuff. Maybe maybe it's a safety mechanism. You're just desensitized desensitized to your own stuff. Because mm. I don't know. Like, although it did sound like this thing was like calling him in, like trying to like lure him in. Mm. Like it sort of had like this. It played on his weakness. Mm. So it was trying to, like, trick him into the valley. Yeah. Uh, which definitely does sound um, like a demonic trait. Like, it's it's trying to lure you. It's 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 mm. working on your weaknesses. So it's definitely not a haunting or a ghost. But, um, yeah, mm. I'm just glad that um, Joe was there to, to save him. Well, I'm thankful for Joe. Mm, I'm thankful for Joe, too. Thank you, Joe. And with that, I'm talked out. Yeah, <laughs> that was too. a long one. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the longest story I've ever shared, actually. So, guys, thank you so much for submitting your stories. Thank you, Jax. Thank you, Queen Lilith of Hull. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you, Hester. Thank you, Abby. We really, really do appreciate it. And our podcast, we can't have episodes like this without people like you. And there's no point having a podcast if no one's going to listen. So thank you guys for your continued support and for the stories you submitted and for your love and for your likes and for your shares. Like it really means the world to us because this is something we really, really love doing. It's the truth. It's the truth. And if you are listening to this and you're like, um, I got a way scarier story than that, then um, bring it on. Our details are in the description. If you pop over to our website, everything is there. Alice. <laughs> or you could Alice. just, Alice. Everything. You can email us at datacuriouspod at gmail.com. We would be very happy to take that story off your hands and share it with the world. And also don't forget to apply to our Instagram competition and win yourself a custom doodle. Uh, And don't forget to listen to the bloopers at the end of the episode. Every episode. Every episode. And if you didn't know that there were bloopers at the end of every... At the end, that's going to go in. At the end of every episode, go back to every other episode and just skip to the end because they're there. Every single episode... There's a plethora of our bumbles and fumbles. We blunder plenty of time. <laughs> and fumble a lot. I know, I think, 
I mentioned before, I think dad and them just skip to the bloopers. They don't yeah. even listen to the scary stuff. <laughs> like our dad and just listen to like a minute of us making mistakes. I don't think he's actually listened to the other episode, the one where we mentioned him, where we called him out. Because we were like, it's a short episode. Dad, if you listen to the full episode, please <laughs> send me a WhatsApp message so that I know, <laughs> that you know. <laughs> Giving you a second chance here, Dad. <laughs> oh, he's on thin ice. <laughs> anyway. As always, don't get haunted. Bye. Bye. Before we go into our usual episode, here is a short there. <laughs> took all the moisture out of my throat. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, my moisture's gone just thinking about it. That's what she said? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's better freaking listen to this episode because he's my husband and I expect him to support me in my creative endeavors. Thanks for the story, Jack. You better be listening or I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Support my sister, damn it. (laughs) A path through a small valley. Did you hear that? Yep. Jax! You're slamming doors! We're telling your story, damn it. I'm trying to tell your story, damn it! (laughs) You said it was a ghost. (laughs) Through a small valley that ran path... Okay. He told I was on such a nice like you like were on a roll. I was on a roll and he's like thrown me and I just I don't even want to tell his story anymore. <laughs> <laughs> don't get haunted. Bye. Bye. Okay, so but I want to talk to <laughs> <Okay>. you about <laughs> Okay, killer. Uh, let me get my phone quick. Okay. Roxana, Roxana, you're gone, but I'm still here, and I'm all alone. Please come back to me, Roxana. It would be so funny if you heard all that. I'm just discussing some things quick. <laughs> huh? Okay, cool.